Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something mean, Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob. That's one more for the good guys. Hmm. Is that the Eric Bischoff thing or what? That's Scott Hall at the beginning of every New World Order in-ring segment. <laughs> uh, as we can see, I have a, a gap in my knowledge there with late 90s WCW. It's all right. It was only like a, uh, a two-year span and... Uh, Fairly yeah. obscure, yeah. All right. all right, so as always, you can reach us at wrestlingatguysnation.com if you want to email us with any questions or suggestions, comments. I highly uh, we recommend the guys, the Twitter. Yes, we have the GN Wrestling Twitter and then uh, Guys Nation Wrestling on Facebook. So yeah, we and, look forward uh, to hearing your feedback. Fun, funny story about the, uh, the Guys Nation Wrestling on Facebook. I actually went through one day and, and started setting up some automated uh, articles to pop up, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, like the 15th anniversary of whatever, and like the 25th anniversary or whatever. And uh, yeah, so I did like 12 of those one day. Yeah, I just I start seeing things pop up, and I was like, holy shit! I totally forgot that I uh, put that out there. So there's a yeah, Bret Hart uh, uh, 21 year anniversary of his first title win was recently a few days ago. Yep, and I uh, I set that up like three months ago. Totally forgot that it was coming. It's nice that they actually filmed that, considering it happened at a house show. Yeah, I remember being like completely confused as to how that was possible at the time. Yeah, what like are the could, odds? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, well, just the fact that he you know won a title at a house show because it just you know everything that would happen on the pay per views. I mean, they wouldn't even have titles change on. I guess at that time, primetime wrestling. Yeah, this was. But, uh, so I, I don't remember even actually, seeing the video highlights of it at the time until later. Yeah, I think this was actually uh, in uh, Saskatoon or uh, yeah, it was Saskatchewan Saskatoon. or yeah, somewhere way up there. Where it's almost like you know, if you're going to a house show in Saskatoon, you're going to be like, well, nothing's going to happen here today, but at least we'll get to see Bret Hart, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're hanging out in an igloo. Hopefully they got like a fire to light the ring. Right. All right. Well, anyway, so speaking of title wins that happened on TV rather than a pay-per-view, we had a pretty big one this past week. The Rhodes family, although they're just calling them Cody Rhodes and Goldust, take out the shield. It was a no-disqualification match. Uh, So, of course, you saw Dean Ambrose come in and try to you know, ensure the victory there, but we get the surprise appearance of Big Show comes down through the crowd. What did you think of that, first of all, about 
having him show up that way. It was a little different than normal. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, but uh, if you're Triple H and you're actually going to let the uh, the Shield have a no DQ match, you got to figure out that maybe that's not going to work out well for you. Because even if it's not Big Show, because obviously he's uh, he's fired right now, right? Yeah. But even if it's not Big Show, it could be somebody from from you know that whole group of guys who uh, had issues with uh, the ruling family. Right. Yeah, like uh, Justin Gabriel, the big heavy hitters like that. Yeah, or Rob Rob Van Dam. Oh, I'm sorry, he's off. Uh, he's off yeah. taking a vacation. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you, you would have figured that maybe uh, maybe Dolph Ziggler would have shown up, or right. You know, at least Kofi Kingston, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I necessarily. I mean, I try not to overthink it. While I'm watching the show, I just let it happen. So, <clears throat> you know, my initial vibe was just thinking, okay, of course Dean Ambrose is going to interfere, and, you know, we'll see if they can overcome them. I actually didn't. I kind of thought they would overcome them, just the two of them. But, so, you know, that being said, do you think that cheapens the win at all? The fact that um, they had to have the big show come down there and knock them out to actually come away with the victory? It certainly cheapens it a little bit, but I think because the Shields' reign was that long... <clears throat> You know, I mean, how how long has that reign lasted, right? I mean, it's they've yeah, had the belts quite a while. Yeah, it's like so, four or five months. Yeah, if if not longer. So it's it's almost like, are you just gonna have, you know, Cody and and Goldust show up and be able to overcome the odds of the uh, three on two and get the title win cleanly? Nah. Well, I was thinking they might go with the angle of you know how they've always talked about how the Shield has such chemistry. You know, and then you could say that the Rhodes brothers have chemistry that, unlike other tag teams, perhaps before them, you know, they could play it off that way. I thought. Yeah, maybe, maybe so, but uh, but I I does it cheapen it? Yeah, a little bit, but um, I like the fact that they did it just because it continues the Big Show storyline. Because you know, if they don't need help to beat the Shield, then uh, you know why. Yeah. Why? Why would it matter? Uh, you know, Big Show comeback at all, right? Sure. Well, uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll have some more to talk about with Big Show. Uh, certainly, his story's not over yet, even though he's quote unquote fired. Uh, right. He's evidently not banned from the building. <laughs> so he can buy a ticket. Uh, so, were you surprised? You know, even with the Big Show interference, were you surprised that the the Rhodes walked away with the titles? I mean, did you think that was going to happen that night? Oh, I. I didn't see a title. I didn't see a, a title switch coming at all. Um, and you know they they won the belts, and then uh, Triple H shows up. And I thought I thought at that point that uh, Triple H was gonna you know cry foul and say you know that was fan interference and that's totally different than uh, you know no disqualification. And uh, I thought he was gonna restart the match at that point. I was really surprised that. Uh, that the show ended without him restarting it. Yeah, I was too. Uh, you know, obviously he comes down there like immediately after, and he's restarted a match before. So yeah, certainly felt like he might do it. And I, you know, I was kind of the same way. I did not expect a title change to happen on that show. Um, you know, and there's also the other kind of issue here of the Usos won the number one contender, and I saw, you know, on Twitter just happened to be going through it 
you know, when they announced this match was going to be on Raw, they announced it well beforehand. Uh, the Usos, like, said something about, oh, we'll be paying attention since we're the number one contenders. Right. You know, and it was, like, retreated by Cody Rhodes. I don't actually follow the Usos. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it's... That was a little strange to me. You know, I wonder if they're still going to play into this. I mean, so... I mean, we're probably going to have a rematch, right? If not an overturning. But um, either way, if they don't overturn it, we're probably going to have a rematch, don't you think? Oh, I would think so, yeah. And and I think that would be a great opportunity to get um, the Usos involved and make it like a three-way. Um, yeah. And that way you don't have to have the same tag match happen at a pay-per-view, then at uh, on a Raw, and then... Do you, Again, think, do you think that would be kind of a way for Triple H to quote-unquote screw the roads by making them compete in a triple threat? Because um, yeah, they guess. always try to play up a triple threat with a champion as like, oh my god, he doesn't even have to be pinned to lose it, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, no, I could, I could see that. Um, you know, I guess from one perspective, it's almost like the Usos hate the Shield, and the Rhodes family hates the Shield, so maybe right. it's kind of screwing the Shield, but I think you could very easily have the you know, a backstage segment where the Usos step up to uh, the Rhodes family and are like, you know, hey, we're, we're glad that you guys won, and we're rooting for you, but that doesn't mean that we're going to help you uh, retain them. Sure, yeah, you, they could be tweeners easily. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> So what do you think about it from the perspective of, you know, Goldust and the Rhodes, you know, as a as a unit, as, you know, I, I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago about whether we thought this was more of a one-off or if they'd stick together a, a little longer. Uh, I mean, clearly with a tag win, they're at least going to have a few more matches probably. Certainly. Um, do you, overall, I mean, do you feel like they're going to be involved in the tag scene for a while or... Is this, again, just kind of maybe a way to get Cody over a little more? Um, I, I think it's just a temporary thing. Um, you know, I could see them uh, I could see them maybe keeping them through the next pay-per-view, but certainly I don't see them competing in other tag matches uh, come Royal Rumble. Um, so, I mean, did we, expect, did we expect Kane and Dana Bryan to hold the belts as long as they did? No, but they had some weird chemistry where it was like, Oh, uh, they caught lightning in a bottle, so you almost had to keep them together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had and we had thought for the longest time that Sandow and Rhodes were going to take the belts from them, and they never did. Right. Although so, I guess the Shield would be considered a more credible threat at this at this point. Yeah, but I, but I guess uh, I, your point is is valid. You know, the the tag tag division keeps fucking with us, and. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, I say that they probably won't be uh, tagging together much longer, but uh, I'm sure we'll find ourselves at WrestleMania 32, and, you know, they'll have uh, have a huge feud going. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, obviously it's going to last through the, uh, the upcoming pay-per-view because I don't see them losing the belts before the pay-per-view. Um, and then, you know, <coughs> heading, heading to... Uh, Survivor Series, I think it's, I think it's pretty easy to keep Cody and Goldust together, you know, to, going into a four-on-four uh, four or five-on-five, right? Yeah, I think so too, and I and I think, 
you know, I think Cody is in for at least a good year or two here, uh, and that you know, having him pair up with his brother and have this this kind of a storyline, I think, is going to really serve him well for that. I mean, it served Daniel Ryan well to be with Kane. Um, you know, and obviously he did other things to get himself over, but I think that I think maybe they saw how that worked, and they thought they could probably do something along the same lines here with Cody. You know, because let's not forget Brian was a heel as well before he paired up with Kane, and uh, and so Rhodes just recently had a turn as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a way to to push him forward and keep him busy. You know, since he can't actually be involved in one of the title scenes yet. And I don't think we any of us want to see him involved with Curtis Axel. So, yeah. I mean, not, what else can you do? Really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I, th- I think it's a good point. I think Cody Rhodes uh, does get something to do in the meantime, something to hold him over. Uh, I would almost say that the person who's gained the most from this has to be Gold Dust. Um, I mean, certainly just getting his job back is pretty significant, but. Yeah. Uh, how crazy is it that he's getting such a such a huge reaction from the fans, and he's actually, I, I wouldn't even call him the weak link in the tag team. I mean, I almost feel like the way he's competing and the show he's putting on, he's doing just as well as Cody. Yeah, I mean, he really looks spry. I mean, he doesn't seem to have lost anything. Uh, he's being very emotional compared to before, but I, I guess that's, you know, that's uh, to be expected, considering what's happening. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he has a couple nice spots there at the end, you know, with uh, outside the ring, and then he took the spear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing well, and yeah, and there was some discussion I saw online about whether this is the most involved he's ever been, you know, in his career, because I mean, he never had a world title run, uh, you know, either either of the world titles, I guess. But you know, he had some big matches. When he first came out with Razor, had a big feud feud with him. Had a feud with uh, Mark Marrow. But yeah, I mean, nothing really. I don't know that he ever closed out a Raw, you know. Right, right. And even if he did, it would only have been for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. And clearly, you could make a case that the tag titles are are more important than uh, than the Intercontinental or the United States Championship. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, he, he had an interesting run where it was uh, um, Gold Dust and Booker T. Yeah. But even then, they were more comedy. You know, and, and not that comedy can't be taken seriously, but you know, they, it's not like it's not like they were battling the establishment and uh, you know, heavy players on Raw. But you uh, you you brought up an interesting thing that this is you know probably one of Gold Dust's first times. Uh, closing out a Raw, and I'm not going to pull out some crazy stat about, you know, who's closed out Raw or whatever, but, uh, you know, this is the second show in a row where we've seen a tag match end the show. It happened on SmackDown with the Rhodes beating the uh, the Wyatts, and now you have, you know, the tag titles ending the show where you had a CM Punk match, you had a Daniel Bryan match, where it was against the world heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it's possible that at some point in the next couple of years we could see a pay per view end where the main event is tag title match? 
Uh, I think you might be getting ahead of yourself on that. Yeah, probably a little bit, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't it, be opposed to it, but I just... It, it'd be hard to envision them going that direction. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to say it's never happened, but it's something that I've always thought was, you know, there was certainly a potential for that to happen, and I've been, you know, hoping and waiting to see that because I'm a huge fan of tag, you know, tag titles. But yeah. uh, I, I don't think it has happened, but I would love to see it. And I, I think, I think if you keep up angles like this, that you could, uh, you could see it. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was a golden age there, kind of, of the tag division, at least from a WWE perspective, with uh, the Hardys and the Dudleys and uh, Edge and Christian kind of trading back and forth. And so if it was ever going to happen, I would think at that point, you know. But, of course, there were still some big stars around The Rock and Steve Austin to close out the show. But Yeah. So, you know, I think you'd have to get, though, to that level where you have at least maybe three tag teams that are well-established, uh, you know, that aren't expected to break up anytime soon that are legit tag teams. Uh, probably, I think you'd have to get the division to that point before you could even consider having them close out a pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah but it would be fun. I, I mean, we've seen tagged matches steal the show many times. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see, if that ever, uh, see if that ever happens. All right, so the big question then, you know, we've already kind of talked about thinking that they're going to carry the belts for a little bit, but let's suppose Triple H decides to wield his power on Monday... Uh, what are the percentage chances you see of him trying to overturn it? Um, you know, I, I would say, I would say, thirty-five percent, maybe forty percent. Yeah. It. I don't. I don't know. It just. It seems like maybe they didn't overturn it on Raw this week because they wanted to end the show on a high note and you know really kind of build up that frustration that we're seeing with Triple H. You know that doesn't mean that uh, you know in the upcoming show that they couldn't do something to overturn it. Yeah, I think maybe this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. Uh, you know, as we talked about right after SummerSlam with this whole police state idea that we had, that never really quite came to fruition. You know, we thought we thought everybody would be under a microscope, but then he kind of played this nice guy role for a long time, like a little too long it seems. Uh, but now he's upset. Now he's pissed. You know, Big Show knocked him out. Big Show went too far. He came back and uh, ruined the tag match. So, yeah, I guess we're not going to see Mr. Nice Guy anymore. And I do feel like he's going to do something. I don't know that he's actually going to strip them, uh, but he'll make their lives difficult in some way. Now, the big question I have with that, though, is do you feel like there's any possibility of him wanting to do one thing about this and Steph wanting to do another? Um, you know, if you would have asked me this question a week ago, I would have said yes, that uh, Stephanie definitely seems more heelish and Triple H seems like he's more on the fence and he's he's all about business, but that doesn't have to mean that he screws people over. Um, but I think on Raw, where you had you had a segment where uh, Triple H and Stephanie are talking in the ring, where 
Triple H just is fuming. Like he is. He it was you know the maddest I've seen him. Smoke you know, coming out of his ears. Yeah, you know, um, and he was talking about making people grovel and beg and making people miserable and, um, you know, and he. So you feel like their relationship is strengthened now that they're both coming from the same angle. Yeah, so I, I don't see too much, uh, too much parting of the ways and and power struggle and internally there. Um, I, I don't see that. I don't see that being the case. Yeah, I mean, I still have a question about the idea of Stephanie being introduced as one of the owners of the WWE the last couple of weeks. I'm not really sure if that means anything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I got a feeling during that segment, and I, I can't actually pinpoint where, that I thought maybe there was going to be a fracture that started to develop between them. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think your point is well taken that she was being more of a heel, and now he's actually more on that page. So, you know, I think we're left to assume that they would be a united front going forward. Now, you, you did you did bring up uh, something interesting there, is that uh, you're talking about how she was introduced as one of the owners, and you're yeah. talking about a potential um, power struggle between uh, authority figures. What, what about Vince coming back and uh, deciding that maybe what Triple H is doing is not best for business? Yeah. I mean, that's... I think there's got to be a Vince siding eventually. And, you know, it's it's hard to say whether he's going to be anti what they're doing or not because he was certainly on their side before and talked about how he didn't like Daniel Bryan or John Cena uh, so, you know, if he's not on their side, then whose side is he on kind of thing. Right. But I think to add some gravitas to the whole situation, it would be nice to see him again. But I have no idea when. And right. and I, I do think that, that saying one of the owners, it, it leaves that door wide open, you know, for any of them, for, for Vince or Linda or even Shane. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a point point that's well taken that uh, that I hadn't noticed um, even that they continue to do it. Because the idea is that you're saying well they're in charge right now but you know it could be seen as a trial run almost. Right. You know and then the, the big boss man could come down and say whoa 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 what are you doing? I leave this yeah. in your hands and this is what you come up with? Right. No. Pay-per-view right. buy rates are down Blah 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 blah. I mean, he could get real real on it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we brought John Cena back early for this. You know how much I hate seeing John Cena. Rah rah rah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to drive down to his mansion in Tallahassee, where the hell he lives, <laughs> Miami. Right. All right. So, speaking of uh, bringing back guys to sell pay per views, they brought back uh, HBK. So oh, yes. he opened up Raw with uh, with Randy Orton. And Orton, uh, despite being in his hometown, went ahead and, uh, you know, got them off of his side pretty quickly, saying they're, they're not all that bright. Although, as an aside, uh, they were a pretty good crowd. Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought it was kind of weird. Um, 
HBK was was certainly saying, you know, he's never liked Randy Orton and, and all this stuff. And I thought I thought the crowd, uh, you know, they didn't crap all over what he was saying like they would have if uh, Shawn Michaels would have been talking about Bret Hart up in Canada. It wasn't yeah. that type of a response. I really don't understand why Randy Orton felt the need to come out and get the cheap pop by reminding everyone that he is from St. Louis. It's not like he was getting an overwhelming response before he mentioned that, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, they were they were a good crowd, but it's not like it's not like they were blindly uh, blindly into Randy. No, absolutely not. Uh, but they were into him a little too much. I mean, and I think that's been a problem ever since his heel turn is that you still hear like the girls screaming for him. Uh, and I think they've tried their hardest to get him to be the full heel. You know, I mean, he's beating the crap out of guys. He's angry all, all the time. But he's always going to have a section of fans, it seems like. Yeah, I, I think what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get uh, Brie Bella over a little bit more. You're going to have to have more segments where she comes to the aid of Daniel Bryan, you know, and, and is, you know, trying to make sure nothing bad happens to him, whatever, and you're going to have to get her a, a bigger face response, and then you're going to have to have Randy Orton threaten to boot her in the head. Right. I mean, Which I get... saw, funny enough, was suggested like a month ago when somebody posed that question as to how you could get Randy Orton to be more of a heel. It's like, well, you got a punt kick free Bella. Yeah. And, like, the response, you know, people thought it was funny, but it's probably a legitimate <laughs> way to do it, you know? Yeah, uh, he's already he went after her in the training room there. Yep. You know, I or, guess he didn't touch her, but you know yeah. he's doing intimidation tactics at the very least. He he made the ladies scream in the uh, the trainers room. That's, yeah. You got to respect that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we saw HBK go for a sweet chin music on on Orton, although this is after. Orton tries the RKO, so, I mean, it wasn't like HPK just threw it out there. Right. Uh, but, you know, it could be a little foreshadowing. I mean, do you see him getting involved in, a, in that kind of fashion during that main event? Oh, I could definitely see uh, Shawn Michaels send a boot to somebody's face. Uh, now, whether it's going to be, uh, whether he's going to land it on Randy Orton or la accidentally land it on Daniel Bryan, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's some foreshadowing for uh, who I might predict and how I might predict it to go down when we actually do those predictions. Uh, it, it seems like tweets. we've always got to have something like that happen, right? Yep. I mean, you saw, I guess Daniel Bryan's win over John Cena was about as clean as we've seen in a long time, but virtually every other major match has something with the right. ref or with somebody interfering. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why we would expect anything different putting HBK into the ring, you know, a former wrestler that has history with both guys. Yep. I mean, how is he not going to touch him? Yeah. yeah it, you know, it, I, I think I think what we saw was a big hint towards uh, how that might all play out. And, yeah, all uh, right. Well, we got one more Raw before the pay-per-view since we have yet another super short, uh, you know, period between pay-per-views, so they got to start getting that hyped up. It looks like we got another match in the works between Bray Wyatt and The Miz. I think we'll talk about that when we come back from break, as well as CM Punk and Paul Heyman, and that ridiculous hype video for John Cena. 
uh, I think we both have a few choice words for that. <laughs> so we'll be right back. 